Thanks for tuning in to Evan's Saturday Morning Podcast. We are a laid-back yet joy-filled podcast to kick off your weekend. On today's episode, we will be giving you an update on baseball, the news you didn't know you needed, new music that is out this weekend, and communications major Kate Shaw Mumford will be joining us to talk about the metaverse and Elon Musk's Twitter deal. Happy Mother's Day weekend. It is Saturday, May 7th. And before we get started, I just want to share that last Saturday, I had the pleasure of DJing for a Rebuilding Together picnic in town. The volunteers at Rebuilding Together are amazing and do great work in the community for those who need assistance. For more information about Rebuilding Together and how you can support the organization, please visit rebuildingtogether.org. If you'd like to hear a 30-minute sample of the music I played at the picnic, there is a recording available at evanshawmumford.com. Speaking of music, this summer I will be playing Christian music throwbacks on Ice Radio. The program is one hour long and it airs Sundays at 10 a.m., 4 p.m., and 10 p.m. Eastern, and the throwback specials begin on May 22nd. If you'd like to stream the broadcast, I have the link and the information available at evanshawmumford.com. Hope you're having a great day. Hope your weekend is off to a good start. The Red Sox lost to the White Sox last night, 4-2, and the Yankees and Mets games were rescheduled due to a rainy forecast. Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna generated big excitement and a couple of laughs last night when he hit his first home run of the season. As he watched the ball fly 450 feet, he lost his balance and fell sideways. The video could go viral on TikTok if you use the right sound. Acuna ran the bases before celebrating with his teammates in the dugout. Today, the Rangers face the Yankees at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. The Mets take on the Phillies at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. And the White Sox will play against the Red Sox 4.10 p.m. Eastern. It is now time for the news you didn't know you needed. Firefighters in the western German town of Beholt were called to a local high school after teachers were unable to open a safe containing the questions for a final exam. After about an hour's wait, the firefighters were able to saw through the safe much to the students' disappointment. The state of Maine is cracking down on license plate profanity. Maine's Secretary of State has released draft rules that would eliminate crude references, which have increased on state license plates since 2015. According to the Associated Press, state officials estimate hundreds of plates will need to be removed. And finally, a javelina in Arizona ended up going for a drive when it became trapped inside an empty car and bumped it into neutral. Deputies in Yavapai County responded to a call last month and determined the car's hatchback had been left open overnight. Authorities say the car rolled down the driveway and across the street, the javelina was not injured and was able to escape with the deputy's help. If you haven't seen a javelina before, you definitely need to check it out. That is javelina with a J, and it's a black furry pig. Very interesting to look at. Jen loves them. I'm a little more reserved about it. Coming up, we'll talk about the new music that is out this weekend. Before we dive into that, I'm very excited to have our special guest join us on today's episode. She is communications major Kate Shaw Mumford. She goes to school at University of Hartford. And recently, we were having a great conversation about social media, her concerns about Facebook and the metaverse. And a few days after we were having that conversation, it was announced that Elon Musk was looking to purchase Twitter. And I texted her and said, oh my gosh, would you want to be on the show and talk about this? And she was willing. So Katie, thank you so much for your availability. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How's school going? It's good. For those of you who don't know, I'm Katie Shavumford. I am a student at the University of Hartford, and I'm a communication student 
it's going really well. Um, my emphasis is in public relations and advertising, so that's really fun. Nice. How long have you been studying communications? Um, just this year, actually. So I'm a sophomore, but this is my second year in college um, and my first year studying communications. What is college life like at this stage in the pandemic? It's opening up a lot more. There are so many more in-person events that I can actually attend and meet people. It's so much fun. And now that the spring weather is here, like all of the flowers are blooming and it's great to just be outside and actually see people. That's awesome. How much time do you have left to the semester? Do you have a countdown? Two and a half weeks. Ooh, Two and a half weeks. You excited? Weeks. <laughs> so excited. I'm so ready to be done with the semester. Ready for summer, ready for hanging out at the beach. Absolutely. Ready for a bit of relaxation. Well, we're rooting for you and we'll be praying for you as you wrap up the school year. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on today's episode is as a communications major, I'd love to have your insight into social media, Facebook and the metaverse. I joined Facebook when I was about your age as a way to keep in touch with high school classmates that were going off to school in different parts of the country. What is it about Facebook that makes you and, and maybe your peer group hesitant to join the platform? I obviously, as you said, I don't have a Facebook account. I actively avoid it. Um, and I think that a lot of my peers don't have it simply because it's not of our generation. And But a lot of us are simply aware of all the controversy around Facebook. Obviously, they had a big part and there's a lot of controversy over them with election time, and specifically the presidential election. But what's more concerning to me is the amount of artificial intelligence and data that is used against Facebook's patrons. Um, we can see this in how targeted your page is specifically on Facebook. Obviously, you're going to have your friends, your family, whatever. But on any explore page or even on your daily feed, each and every post that you see is targeted towards you specifically. Facebook is getting more and more developed in a way that they can predict what is going to keep you on their site longer, which seems great. You know, you want to be able to see the content that you want to see. You don't want to have to deal with random stuff popping up your on your feed. But in this way, it's becoming addictive. And for people who aren't able to tell that it's becoming addictive, it can be very dangerous. I agree. And one thing that Facebook has been under fire for frequently is not screening their political ads for accuracy. And this has come up again and again and again. And one thing that I struggle with is, are we better off as a society if a platform as big as Facebook screens everything for accuracy before it is released to the public? Or do we learn to fact check before we accept something as truth? And we're seeing that not everybody does that and that presents an issue. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I, and I agree with you. I don't think everything needs to be screened. I think that individuals need to have their own thought processes about being able to determine, is this, is this real? You know, but along with that, you need to be able to provide the education for people to be able to check the credibility of a source. You need to be able to teach people how to spot fake things on the internet and you need to provide that media literacy for those people if you're not planning on screening things that go through on your site. 
Towards the end of last year, Mark Zuckerberg introduced the idea or the plans for the metaverse. And for those of you who don't know what the metaverse is, it's kind of like the next next generation of Second Life. If you remember in the early 2000s, there was a social networking site called Second Life where people could create an avatar that would exist in this digital world. It would walk around and interact with different people and different things. There was currency that was incorporated into the Second Life. And you couldn't, you couldn't jump in and participate as a person, but that's what the metaverse would do. You would engage in the surroundings that are in this digital world and participate as if you are there. Would you say that is a fair uh, description of what metaverse is looking to be, Katie? I think it's absolutely just a deeper extension of that. Technology develops very rapidly, and this is metaverse is just an example of that and how truly immersed you can now be in just the cloud, basically, you know? What are your thoughts on the metaverse? I think surface level, my reaction to it is, oh, that's cool. Why, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think that's a lot of people's reactions, especially around my generation. I think it's a bit more complicated than that under the surface, though. I think social media in general has already created this sense of unrealistic standards for people. You know, everything you see on Instagram posted on Facebook is edited. You know, each person, it's not just truth out there. You know, every, every picture is edited in some format or way. And I think that cr- being able to create an avatar and immerse your entire personality into it, if you so desire, is just going to create even more kind of unrealistic standards for people seeing it. Right. And earlier you were talking about social media's tactics to keep people online longer. And with Metaverse on the way, Meta is already, I saw this in the news, they're already opening brick and mortar stores to sell their headsets. I wonder how addictive this experience could potentially be. And could it turn into an addictive form of escapism? Absolutely. I, I definitely think that this is going to be used as a form of escapism for many people. And I think if you even look at how the pandemic has affected people's um, social lives in general, people are more socially anxious going out and are more likely to contact through through their phone, through the internet and everything. And they're not going, teens aren't going out as much. So I think this is just going to increase as the metaverse. If I may ask, have you noticed a change in your social interactions and social media use since the start of the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's amazing how quickly my just daily schedule shifted over more just onto my phone and onto my laptop. You know, and it now that I'm able to go out and everything, I'm a lot more hesitant because now it requires, oh, that's not just something I can check on my phone. This isn't, I have to, you know, actually prep myself for going outside. I have to get ready to actually talk to people in person instead of just, oh, I can respond to this text whenever I want or things like that. So just for a little bit of fun, do you see anything potentially good coming out of the metaverse? I think that it's going to create a boom of creativity for artists and music and 
all types of digital art online. Obviously, you know, you can create your own avatar, you create your own avatar, you're living in this digital world or whatever. Um, and But it's going to increase interaction and artists and musicians and everyone will be able to reach a greater platform, I'm hoping. So I hope that's the positive and I hope it just inspires more creativity. For people. I agree. And with all the challenges Facebook has provided, it's also been a great way to discover people and, and businesses. And it'd be neat to see how that can continue with the metaverse. Recently, we heard about Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter. First of all, do you have a Twitter account? I do have Twitter, yes. Do you plan on keeping the account? And what are your thoughts on Elon Musk owning the platform? I am. I think I'm. <laughs> I think the overall emotion for this is just concern and confusion. So, what is um, what is your concern about Elon Musk owning Twitter? <laughs> um, his whole statement, I believe, is that he doesn't want censorship on Twitter, mm. right? And a lot of the things that Twitter has taken down or blocked specifically is because it has been hateful speech, things that have caused harm and hurt to other people. Mm. And if, if Elon's goal, because I'm on a first name basis with him, you know, <laughs> if Elon Musk's goal is to allow all content i think that's worrisome because i'm worried of the actual reality and physical outcome of some of the things that are said on twitter mm. that will come to be if that's allowed how yeah. do you feel about the elon musk thing so i'm conflicted because over the years we've been able to see great movements happen because of free speech platforms like twitter in countries around the world. We have been able to see people that are able to report in real time what is happening in their country that their government might be trying to silence and a narrative that they are trying to control. And and so I think that's often a great thing. I think it's great that people are able to do that. And when governments try to step in and say, we need to control the narrative, like look at what's happening in Russia, I get cautious about that. On the flip side, we've also seen the negative effects of what free speech can provide on social media. We know that it's easier to group together on social media. We know that it is easier to verbally attack someone on social media than if you were to see them face to face. And then when a false narrative grows on social media, it can turn into something that can cause physical harm to other people. And so it's a weird box, in my opinion, that has to be decided, are we keeping it open or are we keeping it closed? Because it would be very, very hard to say, okay, we're offering free speech, but it's only limited to certain people. And who do you decide who those people are? Yeah. It's a wacky world. Agreed. So I asked you this about the metaverse. I'll ask you again about Twitter. Do you see anything potentially good coming out of Elon Musk's deal? Or are you at this point just waiting to see? I think it's definitely mostly hesitancy mm. and concern. I think better case scenario, Twitter just kind of carries on the way it is right now mm. and not much changes. But that's about my bright side. Okay. right now in my head <laughs> well, i appreciate you and your insight 
Uh, you said that you have two and a half weeks left to your semester, right? Two and a half weeks. Do you have anything planned for the summer? I am working at a beach this summer. I am babysitting for a couple kids this summer. Oh, I forgot. I'm going to Montreal this summer. I'm part of the U.S. Not U.S. The North American National Championships for Irish Dance. My lovely brother Evan Sean Mumford is coming along with my Let's go. and my sister. I'm super excited. Well, I've never been to Montreal, so I'm super excited to do some sightseeing. I'm excited to see you dance. Katie, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Coming up, we have some closing thoughts on today's episode. Before we dive into that, it is time to take a look at music. Do you know what the number one song in the U.S. was 20 years ago this week? Any guesses? It was Santana's Maria Maria featuring the product GMB. Underrated track, still sounds amazing today. As far as new music out this week, check out 1K Fuse's new single, The Offering. Also new music from The Upper Room. The song is called Premier Amor. And uh, coming up next weekend, some new albums coming out from Brandon Lake and Crystal Lewis. Brandon Lake's new album will be called Help, and Crystal Lewis's new record will be called Together We Can. Also new music that came out about a month ago, but I just discovered. If you were listening to Rachel Lampa uh, starting about 20 years ago or so, she uh, just put out a new song. It is called Perfectly Love, and it is featuring Toby Mac. That is Perfectly Loved by Rachel Lampa and Toby Mac, available on streaming services and the uh, download music store. All right, time for some closing thoughts. We are getting ready for our last youth groups of the school year at my church, and the recurring theme for the last 10 or so months has been what does a Christian look like on the inside? We know a lot about outward displays of faith, and they can be great. These are things like going to church, wearing shirts that say what you believe in, updating your social media bio to, I don't know, a cross or a dove or a Bible verse. All of these are great. But what are the internal changes that we experience as we grow stronger in the faith and these internal changes that radiate from the inside out and get other people excited as well? Most of our discussions over Sunday scripture have connected with a theme. And when I was looking at yesterday's reading, I was really excited because that reading may be one of the biggest examples of this change that I'm talking about. And if you knew the individual in this story, in this reading, and saw their transformation in real time, it would have left you stunned. This reading comes to us from Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 20. Saul still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice, but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see, but he neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. 
And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judah for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, that he may regain his sight. But Ananias said to him in reply, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And I will show him what he will have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house, laying his hands on him and said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately things like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So a man who hated and persecuted Christians, converted, and now 13 or 14 books of the Bible are traditionally attributed to him. Isn't that crazy? So the theme that we've been talking about is what does a Christian look like on the inside? What are those internal changes we experience through growing closer with God, through revelation, through scripture, through prayer that naturally radiate from the inside out and get other people excited? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Evan's Saturday Morning Podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day weekend. I hope you have a great week as well. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Please remember to subscribe. And if you'd like to connect, please visit anchor.fm slash Evan Saturday Morning. Mm-hmm.